My name is Catherine, and this is the spiritual work. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the This is the Spiritual Work podcast. We have quite a lengthy episode for you today. <laughs> it is always my intention with um, interviews that I never want to, I never want them to be longer than an hour. But if we get to talking and the conversation is really flowing, then I will not stop us unless one of us has something to do. But today, I have a long-awaited episode with my friend Catherine. Catherine is a leadership coach and podcaster on a mission to bring more self-love into the world. In second grade, she first became aware that her fat body made her different than others and wasn't accepted by society. So Catherine spent most, almost two decades weight cycling in on-again, off-again yo-yo diets and battling with herself through a critical inner voice. In college, she first discovered the world of body positivity, but it would be another eight years before she found the true self-love and acceptance she needed to bring peace within herself and build up her sense of self-worth. Catherine currently lives in the north end of Boston, Boston, (laughs) and is a lover of coffee, travel, plants, true crime documentaries, and spin classes. And for those of you in the human design world listening in, Catherine is a splenic projector. And I'm so excited to have her, like, I'm so excited I say have her here as if she's currently here. This was recorded a long time ago. I'm so excited to finally share the episode. Um, It is almost two hours of us just going back and forth. And I think we could have gone a lot longer. If you know me, you know that I have like a longstanding relationship with um, dieting and diet culture. You know, I was before I was doing this, I was a beach body coach for like a million, what well, felt like a million years. It wasn't even really that long, but um, so I've been kind of all over the spectrum and a part of why I left the beach body world was because there was just a lot of things that didn't quite sit well with me. And I didn't like the person I was being when I was in that environment. And, um, I think you'll hear us talk about some of that today, just in diet culture in general, um, and body acceptance and body love. And I'm just so excited for you to listen to this episode. So I will stop gabbing and, um, Thanks so much. I will talk to you guys next time. Well, hello, Catherine. Hello, Catherine. (laughs) How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. It always makes me giggle when I say that because I'm like, I know what she's going to say next. (laughs) Catherine's with the two spellings. (laughs) Yes, both Gemini's. Yes. So... For those of you that are new here, this is the this is the Spiritual Work Podcast. My name is Catherine, and I'm here with a fellow Catherine today, and I cannot wait to talk to you um, and for you to share all of your, we'll project your wisdom, and, I, and um, I'm so excited for the topic we have planned for tonight. So before we get into that, why don't you go ahead and, you know, tell us who you are, what you do, anything else you feel like you want to say, the floor is yours. Yeah, sure. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Catherine Yazi. 
I am a coach. I'm a newer entrepreneur, podcaster, um, workshop facilitator, speaker. I'm, I say this year, I'm on a mission to bring more self-love into the world. And the way that I do that is just through empowering people. Um, we are talking tonight a lot about like body confidence and body acceptance. And so I think it's important just to mention my own sort of history with that. Um, I grew up fat and I grew up, um, you know, in a larger body and that had a huge impact on myself and really struggling with like the effects of weight stigma and felt really bad about myself and hated myself for a really long time. And it was something that I struggled with a lot internally. Like I kept it really close and hidden. And so I felt like I kind of lived these two worlds of on the outside, I tried to portray myself as confident and happy. <laughs> and on the inside, I was really mean to myself and was the opposite of empowered. And so now <laughs> I've kind of gone through all these different um, unlearnings and just this whole journey on going from thinking that like loving and accepting myself was completely out of reach for me to bringing both parts of myself together and living this more aligned, authentic life and like finally speaking my mind and, and like being honest and vulnerable about my story. And that's a lot of what I do um, in my coaching. I just want to empower people to know that their worth comes from within and that a lot of times with self-love and with body issues, it's not really our bodies that are the problem. And I could talk about that forever. So I'm excited to dig in more with you. Yes. Thank you so much. And you know, it's funny because I, it's not, I didn't mean to say it's funny. I don't know why I said that. What I wanted to say was the power that there was one post you made. Um, it was you, you were, you're laying on the bed on your Instagram and that post went up and I like that. I feel like was such, I don't know how to explain it. There was like the energy behind it. I was like the first time I had felt that from you. And so I was like, she's really like right here. This is kind of like her, like what she does, like, this is it. And I wanted more. And I was like, seeing that projector wisdom like I was recognizing you and I was like oh god please talk to me more about this so I'm yeah. so glad you're here to talk in depth and you know just share who you are and share your perspective I think it's really important and um, powerful and I know that there are so many people who struggle with that and you said something about you know your worth comes from within and you know, my brain always goes to human design because that's what I do. And I just thought of the ego center. Mm. And I thought of how many people struggle with that because they have that um, energy undefined. And so they're looking for that worth from without, but in reality, it, they just need that reminder, you know, that it comes from within. And so I, I just wanted to mention that too. I think that's so, that's such a powerful statement that you said. So I wanted to repeat it, highlight it, staple it to my forehead <laughs> I'll it in front of us all day. Cause it's, it's, we don't live in a world that wants you to believe or know that 
they want you to feel like you always have to be doing more and more and more and proving that has been something I have really had to examine it within myself is am I doing this because I feel like I have to and I and I'm trying to prove something here or is it because it's really what I think and what I want and it's sad Mm -hmm. to me how many of us live so much of our lives in that mode and how normalized that is and I think a lot of times people just need those examples um, of people who are doing their own thing and being authentic. And for a while, I would see those people in the world and be like, damn, they're so inspiring and so cool. I wish I could do that. And I truly thought like, I would never like, oh my goodness, I could never like be honest about this, how this shit and like how I feel about myself and like how much I hate myself. And like, I just felt like there would never be uh this you know there I just was so used to that feeling and could see it in other people and loved it in other people but it took a really long time for me to believe and I love that you mentioned the post of like for those are listening um I did a boudoir shoot when I turned 30 which is where you go to a photographer and you wear lingerie and get your picture taken and it was just one of a one of many like culminating moments of my own journey of like no I deserve to have this and I can do this and I can be beautiful and sexy even if society says that my body is not those things like it's what I think and and I think that that's that's a lot of like what the root uh, at the root of a lot of my messages are is that like I think we have the power to decide for ourselves what's possible for us and the examples and hearing other people's stories and seeing that is what pushed me to go deeper within myself and figure out like, why did I believe that? And that's when I think you can make those changes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it really is. And I say this as someone who still has so, so many issues with this myself, but I consciously know that it really is all an energy like the people that judge other people are because they're insecure in their own bodies. Yeah. And the people that you look at and say, wow, I wish I could be that person. I wish that was me. I wish I was that confident. They're probably having the same internal dialogue that you're having while they're doing the thing that you're envying them for. And it really is all just the energy in which you do it. And I know that, but it's so hard to put that into practice. So, or even, or even believe it. And maybe even just the simple fact that, you know, you're listening to this podcast and you're going, Oh, there are other people who also feel this way, but also, you know, they can do it and they see you or they work with you and they just the validation of like the reflection of it back at them, I think can be so can be life-changing. Yeah. And I just want to highlight what you said, because I, I, I need to like coin a term for this because that experience of mentally understanding and being able to separate yourself from your thoughts. And to your point, I, I remember finding all these body positivity blogs in college and seeing other fat women and being like, oh, they're gorgeous. Like, look at them. They're having these like amazing lives like they're in relationships or doing all these things that I cut myself off from and 
it was one of those moments where I had that like intellectual understanding of this is possible, but why, but for me, I still am not there to believe it for myself. And I think that that is a point that so many of us get to. Um, and that is when you're on the cliff of going to that next level of being able to really step into that empowering um, place of, nope, it's for me too. And I'm gonna give that to myself. And I think we are the only ones. We can see all the examples. Other people can gas us up and tell us how amazing we are. But if we don't believe it, we will never get there. We have, we have it has to come from within ourselves. And I think that that is, um, it sounds like you're right on track because I, that is really, I think the last step of getting yeah. to that place where you, obviously you may still have days where you're, I still have days where I'm self-conscious and like, you know, thoughts of weight loss pop in my head and just all these things that go on. But it's, it's nice to finally like let myself be free and just know that my body is not who I am. It's not what makes me me and but it also has shaped has shaped a lot of my worldview and I'm grateful for that so yeah I something I told myself a lot and I still tell myself a lot when I um kind of get in that space is I'm in the per I'm in the per the perfect body I'm need to be in to learn the things I'm meant to learn and like that, you know, if I want to change it, then that's fine. But as long as I'm changing it out of, I want to change it, not a, I need to change it because this, um, do you think it has to do with, this is totally a question I didn't, um, tell you I was going to ask. So, haha, surprise. Um, <laughs> do you think it has to do with wanting to, or not wanting to be seen? Um, you know, so people, see it for other people but they won't allow themselves to take that step because they then have to be seen and then there's a whole bunch of vulnerability that comes with that I think that that is likely part of it I think everyone's story is different mm. I'm trying to think about where my where most of my fear came from because I think a lot of times it's interesting. I think a lot of times when we feel that hesitation, we don't always let ourselves fully go there and fully like recognize what is actually so scary about this. It's just like a trained habit of, oh, that's that's out that. of my comfort zone. That's past my boundaries and I'm gonna, you know, stay small. And um, I think there's some fear of being seen. And I think to just go deeper on that, I think, that comes from, I think, being afraid of people commenting on your body and judging you. And I think a lot of people who live in fat bodies, like we, we have experienced times where people say shit to us without prompt, like without them, you know, like rude things. And um, yeah. we get a lot of commentary from strangers, from doctors, from our family, from friends. And for me, I think a lifetime of everyone having an opinion on my body and telling me that it was wrong and bad, I internalized all of that. And then those voices became what I told myself and I kept myself in this small little box. And so anything that required me to talk about my body, 
or my size or anything freaked me out because it was this disconnect. And I kind of really disconnected from my body and myself to be like, if I don't acknowledge it to anyone else, no one else can talk about it to me, which isn't true. But I thought that that was sort of my coping <laughs> mechanism of, it was just too painful to go there for the longest time. Mm. Further underneath that fear of being seen, it's just that like unworthiness that's drilled into you. It's that you don't deserve that. You don't deserve to be seen or to tell your story. And, and I think what's so sad is, you know, we, we believe people in larger bodies, it's their fault. And if they're unhealthy, it's their fault. And it's so sick. It's so disgusting because there are so many reasons why people live in the bodies they live in. And for a while, I remember desperately searching, like, what is, what is it with me? Is it my fault? Did I do this to myself? Like, do I deserve this mistreatment? Is it a gene I have? Is it a condition that kind of explains it? And I think that is a thing I struggled with for a long time is that guilt around wanting there to be something wrong with me. So I didn't have to live with that reality. I'm just that I just live in a bigger body and like, but, but, you know, I think for our, for a lot of people out there, they don't get that. And they, they cling on to these very surface level, like judgments on fat people that are so harmful. And that is the reality. Um, so as much as I've learned about health at every size and you know, my own family genetics and all these things, like people don't see, you know, they don't know the full story. You can't tell anyone's health just by looking at them, but we live in a culture that believes everyone who's fat is unhealthy. They deserve to be shamed. They, they eat a lot there. They don't exercise. Like it's just, um, really cruel, honestly. And it's, it's a, but it's a reality and like the work that I've done on myself helps me be able to sort of handle that better and feel more confident telling my story, at least speaking out and explaining these things and helping to educate other people who may not have gone as deep into this as I have for my own healing. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important you, you were talking about how you know, they think it's their, people think it's, you know, their fault. Like they look at someone who is, you know, fat or bigger, whatever word they want, choose to use. And like, um, you think, oh, it, they, it must be their fault. And you know what? Like, so for me, for example, like even when I was at my most active, I, I was still a bigger person. Like I've always been this way. Even yeah. when I was playing a like AAU basketball year round sports, like very active, I was still bigger than everyone else. But now like me now, okay. Yeah. I've gained weight this last year. I mean, who hasn't? And you could, I guess, technically say that's my fault because I wasn't active and I wasn't eating as well as I have been in the past, but also it's not like, I guess on surface, sure. Yeah. It's, it's their fault, but I'm using quotation marks. You can't, if you're listening to this, you can't see me. <laughs> um, but the, there's a lot of mental stuff behind the scenes and that ingrained self, self hate yeah. and self judgment. That is not the person's fault, but so it's like this weird two-way street. That's not quite a two-way street that people don't think about. 
Well, one thing I just want to call out, you said like, you know, you haven't been eating as well. Mm-hmm. Like what is well, like what is good or bad eating? Like we've labeled, I read something recently that was saying in a world without diet culture, yeah. intuitive eating would just be called eating. And it was like a holy shit moment for me of like, yeah, we have so, <laughs> we have all, um, created all of this like melodrama around food and around size and so much of it you know when you really trace this shit back it goes back to the 1700s and 1800s at the rise of eugenics and race science it's rooted in anti-blackness white white culture thought that you know being thin showed you had temperance and control and morality and it's really wrapped up in protestant religion like this shit is really deep within our culture and in how our society has evolved and i think when we strip away and we can stop judging ourselves and stop judging the way we eat and and again like i for i just want to call it too i'm not judging no what i meant by that was vegetables (laughs) what i meant by that was salad and carrots (laughs) and things that aren't cheese and yeah, that's just things that I have. I've been eating well. Don't get me wrong, but I, <laughs> that's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like health promoting foods. No, and like, yeah, no, yeah. you're so right. You're like, you're totally. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's in those moments, and and it's when and for me, the more I've learned about it, the more aware I become, and the more you know sensitive I can pick up. I watch TV shows that I used to love, and they make really lazy fat jokes or terrible like just just references to diet culture and like just it's really insane when you can take a step back and see how pervasive it is and how you know when we are when we're talking about oh is it my fault it's like no like we live in this culture it's kind of like when they talk about like you know, racism, like we live in a world that's racist. We live in a world that's fat phobic. Like that's just our reality. So it's no wonder why we have these beliefs in ourselves and everyone around us does too. And so trying to transcend that is a challenge. It's going against everything we've ever been taught, which when you look into that as well, like the science is very questionable behind a lot of those things. And we're learning more Um, every year about the harmful effects of being on these really restrictive diets and how 98% of people who go on a diet lose, regain their weight and gain more back. And it's just, yeah, same. Like last year and over and over, you know, that's what our bodies are designed to do. And if we, it's, it's just, yeah, there's, (laughs) it's a wormhole. So I'm going to try to not (laughs) go very like I I, we can get into it but it's a lot (laughs) yeah wow and I and it's you know I'm glad you're bringing it up because I don't think most people know that yeah you know yeah yeah I'm gonna stop saying that because that's not really what I meant right you just blew my mind. You just blew my mind. So while we're kind of on this topic, um, what, you know, so the, I guess 
the pull intention behind this podcast is I'm really, I really love finding physical, like real life examples of things that also impacted or initiated some form of spiritual something or other what in whatever way that looks like for you I mean some people it's like I became a medium after I was struck by lightning and some people it's you know spiritual is more the self-love and the self-growth and the self-evolution so I'm curious for you like if there was a defining moment or experience that really initiated this switch for you and this journey for you yeah. Yeah. I love this question. And I thought about this for a while and I, I come back to this one moment when I was in college and around when I was in college, it was, I was still, you know, on and off dieting. I, I had all these beliefs about you know, I was living my life in that mentality of when I lose weight, my life is going to be amazing. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to get everything I want. And it was one of those moments though, where I started to like really question, am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? I'm so freaking tired from being on this hamster wheel of being on and off a diet since I was like seven, eight years old, you know, I'm like 20 at the time. Like I was just exhausted from that and felt for the first time, you know, just started to hit that wall of like, I'm sick of hating myself. I'm sick of feeling so unworthy and feeling like I can't have what I want. And I was dabbling a little bit in like meditation and, you know, yoga and all sorts of different things. And, um, I remember going to this meditation class during a break from college one year. And I think I even brought one of my friends with me who probably thought I was like <laughs> real woo woo. Cause this is back in like 2009, 2010. And, um, the meditation, it was like a guided meditation class. And it was this, this guided meditation about holding these like two seemingly conflicting or, um, can't find the right word for it, but the, these like different courses of action, like basically pick something that you have conflicting feelings about. And the meditation kind of took us through analyzing and going deeper onto this surface level thing that we felt conflicted on. And so I, we did some journaling and meditation and I picked lose weight or kind of stay in the body that I'm in now and stay the same. What if I never lose weight basically is the question. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. as we went through this exercise, I don't remember exactly what every step of the way was, but eventually we got to the root of like, what do you really want? What do you really want? Like out of these paths? And the answer hit me like straight over the head of, I want to be happy and healthy no matter if I lose weight or if I stay the same, that is what I want. That is what I think both of these options, like, you know, I think that 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 was a huge moment for me of like, for the first time ever tapping into what I actually wanted, not just continuing to go on a diet because I thought that's what I should do. And that was the only way that I learned to 
feel good about myself. You know, I think when you start a diet, you start to, you start to put a lot of control over what you're eating and you write down everything you eat and trigger warning for people who struggle with, you know, disordered eating and everything. But those behaviors gave me this false sense of control, which made me think, this is the time I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be happy. You know, it's, it's going to happen for me. Everything that I want is going to be on the other side of this. And like time and time again, that was never true, but I would still start again. And it would still give me that same sense. And this was the first time where I was like, I don't want to just do that for the rest of my life. I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to be, you know, I want to be in love and like do all these things with my life that like I want. And I think for me, it was such a culmination of like being able to see beyond just my physical body. And I think that's one of the first times where like, I really felt connected to my intuition and like, cause it just felt so true. Like it was one of those undeniable moments of this, this is for real. This is really what I think. And I had never really had one of those moments before. And after that, I just started seeking more and more information about um, just different people who weren't doing the weight loss thing and trying to find other paths. Um, and it, it, it totally changed how I saw myself and, and I still, you know, struggled for years after that. It wasn't like my life completely changed, but I felt more connected to what I was really seeking mm. by dieting. And it gave me, it, I don't know, it was like this like anchoring moment of no matter what happens, like <laughs> I kind of know what I'm going after and the path I might take might be different. I could go many different ways, but this is what I really want. And, you know, it was, it was a little scary to confront that and like let myself feel like I could have it, but that was the moment. Wow. That's so powerful. And that's so like, what a, what a, um, of all exercises to enter into like that kind of space, like what a synchronistic serendipitous one to walk in on. Yeah. And you know, I, I like how you said it gives us a false sense of control because if you, you know, really like when you think about it, it's like, okay, if you go down the weight loss path, like, you know, so many people do all sure all that stuff snowballs and you build momentum if you're really disciplined and really consistent. But if that sort of behavior doesn't come natural to you, you have to continue being disciplined and consistent, or you're just going to slip back into your natural default state. Yeah. And lose all that progress quotation marks um and then just ultimately feel worse about yourself yeah and so you think you have all this control but it's really because you just have momentum and the second that momentum stops everything falls apart yeah and that's where we start to judge ourselves and say we're the problem we're bad we did something wrong and it it just perpetuates this this cycle of 
you know, we aren't good enough and we're the problem. And it's just such a disempowering way to, to lead your life. Um, and, and it's so tricky too, because, you know, I think all things in life, like we have to value both the structure and like discipline and like you have to put in the work, but then you also have to learn like when to step out and when to rest. And um, the same goes for self-care and, you know, eating healthy foods and taking care of ourselves. But with so many diets and, and I'll speak like in my late twenties, um, my sister who, you know, we all, like, I think so many, almost everyone in my family um, has struggled with like weight and with body image stuff, whether they were thin or not. And um, what, my sister lost like over a hundred pounds one year. And it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, if she did it, I can do this. I'm going to do it. And I started researching because she, um, I saw what she did. She tracked everything she ate. She did my fitness pal. Like that was her method, but I knew watching her, I was like, I can't do this. This isn't me. Um, I had done the calorie counting thing for years. It never worked for me. It always made me feel like shit. It was just not a thing. Um, but at the time, like keto was starting to get really popular. I found out about it. I like joined the Reddit community and after a few weeks of researching it, it was like beginning of 2017. I remember it was like the new year, right? Which is like the prime time for all of us to fall into these new year, new me. I'm gonna, this is the year I'm gonna do it. <laughs> um, and I, and I did, I lost, you know, I lost a, a decent amount of weight and looking back, I, it brought up so many issues. Like I was so anxious and depressed and consumed like with staying below 20 net carbs a day to the point where I would have dreams that I ate like a dessert or a piece of bread and I would wake up with my heart racing and feel so anxious and feel like just so completely um like horrified like and that's when I re that's one of the first moments where I kind of realized like I'm, I'm having trouble like keeping my own balance and feeling like grounded in this because I, you know, I, I weighed myself every morning. I, I didn't track everything I ate, but I counted all my carbs and it was so, <laughs> it was so all consuming um, mm -hmm. that I just got so trapped in my brain. Like I was struggling at work. I didn't want to go out with my friends. Like it really was a moment where I was like, okay, like, hmm, this is the first time in my life I've ever like quote, successfully lost weight, but I'm a miserable human. People don't want to be around me. I'm so anxious. I can't get anything done. Like what gives? <laughs> um, and that was another moment that that's when I started going to therapy. Like I knew that I needed to face a lot of the problems that like I never spoke about and needed to just like get this shit off my chest. And, um, but I, but I feel like it's important to share that because we don't talk about that all the time. Like we don't see that those stories being told of like, what happens when you do lose weight, but like your life doesn't change and sometimes it even gets worse. And 
I, I don't know. It's it's so much more complicated than this like societal narrative around like girl loses weight, happy. She like her life opens up. Like it's not like that. <laughs> um, <Right>. <laughs> so she meets she meets the lover and right forever is changed and you know happily ever after. Yeah, and yeah. we watch this like you know, and if you if you pay attention to pop culture, like you see this being told like you see this storyline on like reality shows of like people who like I think like say yes to the dress like there's like the, the brides who lose all this weight and they're still so self-conscious and like that's their whole story is like they lost this weight and they used to be fat and now they are you know like it's just sad how that's so normalized and accepted and and like again it shows you it's not your body it's your mindset and then I think about all the time I spent growing up watching like Biggest Loser and like crying to that show and being like, I just want that. I want, like, <laughs> I want to be that girl who lost a hundred pounds in three months and then got married a month later and won, you know, won the, con like, it's just like, it's really something like how well they've, they've convinced us and conditioned us to think that the most the, the, the way we can be successful and like such a badge of honor is to put our bodies through this hell to deprive ourselves of entire food groups and over exercise to the point where we like completely mess up our metabolism and it's just I am hopeful that so many of us have the same experiences and that we're all starting to wake up to the fact that no we're all just built differently and like it's not about the number on the scale it's about other health markers and how you feel in your mental health. Like that's really it. It's, it, we, we reduce it to just what you look like and the number on the scale. And that is, I think the most harmful thing we've done in the last like 30 years is just believing that that is what dictates everything else in your life and your health. Specifically. Yeah. It's, I just had this moment myself the other day where I, cause I mean, for me, it's like, I, I hate exercising. I hate it, but I also don't feel myself or good if I don't move my body. So it's yeah. that's 22 because I literally hate it, but I also need it. Yeah. And I have over the years equated, I don't know why, because I grew up very active in a bigger body, but in some, somewhere it got lost in translation where being active meant I was trying to lose weight or I needed to lose weight. I don't like, I don't know where yeah. the wires got crossed and, or maybe because for so long I was trying to lose weight by being active. So now I'm the other day I I'm like looking, I was look, I've been trying all these different platforms and I'm like, do I want to go back to a gym? And I, I do kind of want to join the gym, but also that brings up so much anxiety in me because I don't want people looking at me. I don't like, it makes me want to barf. And I live in a, a small area where when I was in the city and I was in the gym, it didn't matter because I knew no one was paying attention to me anyway. And, but like in a smaller town where there's maybe two or three people in the gym, like someone's going to see me and um, yeah, no. So I've been looking at other online platforms and yeah. do I want to go back to beach body thing? 
Yeah. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not terrible, you know, and it worked for me before. So that's where that mindset, like that spiral starts to get in. But I decided to do the class, which I don't know if you've heard of that. I have. Yeah. And it's really fun. And I, every time I do it, I break down into tears and I just cry and I feel like it's very good for me in a lot of ways. But the other day I caught myself going, I can't just do this. I like, I need to do something else because I'm not going to like, it's not going to do anything for me. I'm not going to lose weight. Like, how could I lose weight with this? And I'm like, wait, we're working out to feel better. We're not Right. If you lose weight as a byproduct, then cool. But like, we're right, working out right. to not feel like a solid blob anymore. Like we need to anchor back into our body here. But I caught myself doing it and I was like, oh, that's an interesting thought process we're having here about this thing that clearly you like doing. It makes you cry. So we're moving some kind of emotional stuckness here. Yeah, you know, it's serving its purpose and in, in the way it's intended to, but you're t- saying it's not going to work because you don't see how you could lose weight because your body, like your mind is so trapped in that I must do these things to do that because of what's been sold to you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the narrative around exercise. And I'm like, glad that they're starting to, you know, there's more conversations around like, the benefits of exercise. Like, I think, again, I read something like, what would you do if you knew like exercise would not cause weight loss? Like what type of movement would you choose? And like, what would you feel about it? Because that's the thing it's, we just equate it with this means to an end. And like you said earlier, I've also been in that situation where I remember in college one summer, I used to work out five, six, seven days a week. Sometimes I would go before and after work to the gym and I didn't lose like any weight. I I definitely got stronger. I definitely built my endurance, but like, I remember being like, what the hell? Like I just lived at the gym for months and nothing happened. Like it's, it's, and everyone's body is so different, right? It's, we're all so different. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I think that also to tie it to human design, like my I think it's undefined sacral. Like I never know with exercise, like yeah, in it. And when I'm in the mood, like, and if I want to exercise, I have a Peloton and there's days where I have to be like, I want to do another class, but I know if I do another one, I'm going to like not want to get on this bike for like two weeks because I'm going to be so freaking tired. And like, I have to make myself stop because I get so wrapped up in it. And I'm like, oh, this feels so great. I love this. Like I used to take spin classes when we could in, studios and like want to do like doubles and and just get into this very toxic mindset around it and it's it's hard it's and it's I love what you're saying around like just recentering of why am I like I'm doing this because I want to feel good and I know that moving my body makes me feel good and it's just coming back to that and noticing when you start to think like why like and and like just being honest with yourself about your intentions yeah yeah. So I just pulled up your chart. You have, you have an undefined sacral and an undefined root, which I also have. And so that like that high intensity double workout, hour long workout, like what you just said, if, if you knew, um, you know, exercising wouldn't cause you to lose any weight, how would you do it? 
like I, the first thing in my head was I do it for 10 minutes and I'd be done. Like I would just get moving and then I'd be done. But, and that's very undefined sacral, undefined route. Like I've got a good 10 minutes in me and that's it. Unless I really am riding some kind of transit energy where I can go for an hour and do a lot of weightlifting. Like I love weights, but like I could probably do weights for an hour, but anything else like cardio, any of that, even yoga, no, thank you. Um, so, and, and like thinking back how, like, even with the class, I don't think I've taken a full class all the way through. I think around 20 minutes I go, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just that act of like, just, I just need to do it because not because I want to lose weight, not because I'm insecure. Or I think this is going to get me. It's like, that's just how I feel good, but yeah. it's so easy to be in that space of I'm doing this to feel good and start to also spiral when you go to stop the video or even, you know, in my beach body days, it was like, I never, I never did a full program ever because undefined sacral, undefined root. Some days I don't want to do yeah. that. You know, some days I'd rather just go for a walk and call it a day, but there was like shame around that. And so, yeah, it's all, it's very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So what, um, what is one piece of advice for anyone who's listening to this that may be going, oh, wow, I or like feeling like very seen by this conversation or even just listening and now identifying things that they never realized were there before. Um, what would be a piece of advice you have for someone? Yeah. I think my best piece of advice is to start to seek out stories and information outside of what outside of your normal like circle so I'm talking about diversifying your social media feed I'm talking about going out and reading stories and information about like the real body positivity movement that was created by queer fat black women and talking about reading stories like I remember um there's an amazing NPR podcast uh where on This American Life where I love that highlight three different people um one is Roxanne Gay one mm -hmm. is Lindy West and the third is this other woman. And I always forget her name and I always feel terrible. She's also the, the thin woman in the story. <laughs> um, but Roxanne Gay talks about what it's like living in, she, she had weight loss surgery, but this was pre-weight loss surgery. Talks about like the difficulties of being very fat in a world that's not built for fat people and how it's- how Baker. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just Googled it. <laughs> um, but yeah, she talks about like how, yes, she loves herself, but like the world doesn't love her and it's not made for her. And that really prompted her to consider weight loss surgery and, and something that, you know, she openly talks about as like incredibly barbaric on your body. Like you're literally cutting. Oh yeah. Sometimes your entire stomach. Like it's just again, the lengths that we will go to, to get to this outcome that we think solves all our problems. And then Lindy West talks about her story of 
I won't give it all away, but she is phenomenal and wrote this article that's called Call Me Fat. And it really inspired me to like reclaim that word. It took me years to do that. Um, mm. But reclaiming it as like, it's not a bad thing. It's not an insult. It's just what I am. It's just what my body is. And um, talks about she's, you know, she's married. She had this like great love story. So that was really like an expander moment for me. And then, yeah, Elna Baker um, also went through like a weight loss journey, but then talks about the struggles of like keeping the weight off and using like amphetamines to keep her, her size. Like it's just, it really was, again, I would never really like, I had never sought out content and, and like information like that before. And I think that is what is the most powerful thing you can do is like expanding that mentality and just like reading different stories and starting to go deeper within your own beliefs and finding people that challenge those beliefs, you know, like follow those people on Instagram who are fat and have a thin six pack abs husband like they're out there there's so many people out there like that like and if you don't believe it for yourself like it's finding those examples seeing them in the world is so freaking powerful and it forces you to really see that it's you it's your shit it's not it's not true it's not a blanket statement like it's your choice do you want to keep yourself in this mentality or there's, you know, there's, there's another way. There's other ways you can be. Yeah. Especially if it makes you uncomfortable. That's what I was thinking about too. When you're saying like, follow the people, like yeah, follow, follow, diversify your feed and follow people that are like actively living in the way that you want to, especially if it makes you, especially if they make you uncomfortable. Cause I'm a big believer that if someone is triggering you, it's because they're activating something inside of you that like a trigger is just a little like, Hey, pay attention. Look at me, see me, integrate me, heal me and feel me, befriend me, like whatever it's saying. So, you know, especially those people, cause they're probably doing something that you need. Yeah. And I'll just be the first one to be super vulnerable and be, and say like, you know, I, having learned so much about, you know, the spectrum of privilege, like there's small fats and and mid-sized fats and infinity fats, people who are size six X and above, like I, I have made a point to push myself out of my comfort zone and say, I want to follow and I want to be a voice and an advocate for anyone of any size. And the people who I still have moments sometimes where I'm like, oh, I don't want to follow this person. Like, and I have to really check myself on that internalized fat phobia of like, why do I think it's okay to follow the people who are like size 18, 20, 24, but like anyone above that size, like I'm not as drawn to where I am not, I'm finding myself less like Mm -hmm. uh, drawn to, right? And it's, it's, it's fat phobia. It's in me as a fat person. And I think that um, I just want to highlight that point of like, if it makes you uncomfortable, it's, there's something there and it's, we have to constantly push ourselves to acknowledge it. And we build our own bubbles. We build our own worlds for ourselves on social media. So make sure the content you're consuming is supporting who you want to be. And it can help you over time, really break down those harmful and limiting beliefs. And it can, it can teach you so much just by 
really being intentional about who you're following and, and being open to learning. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to going off what you said. Thank you for saying that. Um, Cause it's so easy to get on social media and see another person and have those thoughts and disconnect from the fact that it's another person. Yeah. Um, like it makes me think of, I was dating someone once and in a lot of ways, he really uncovered a lot of my own insecurities about my body because there was all these things that he loved that I was like, how do you like that about me? That's the most disgusting part about me because that's how I was raised to think about myself. And, but he would also like, just because it's so ingrained in all of us, like make comments about other people sometimes. And I would go, how can you say that when I'm sitting right next to you? And it would, like, it would get so messed up. And, and I think it was just because like, there's that detachment from, and, and he's not a bad person. And I never once was like, oh, wow, you're actually, you know, yeah. a person. But I was like, there's a level of detachment when it comes to another person on social media, because it's not in physical form in front of you. And yeah. it's easier to have those moments where we don't realize what's actually going on is our own internalized judgments that we don't realize we have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important point. And just to briefly add to, I'd say anyone listening to this who is thin or has thin privilege, like, I hope that if you take something away from this too, is like, be really mindful about what you're saying in front of your fat friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've talked about this a few times on my Instagram and I was afraid to say this stuff for so long because again, how normalized diet culture is. And I I think for so many people, especially thin people, you make these comments offhand without even thinking of them. But I guarantee the people who are bigger than you, they're doing so much mental gymnastics trying to figure out, do you, what do you think about me? You actually think I'm attractive in this outfit that you just told me I look so cute in? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and and, and it, you becoming more mindful of those thoughts, you know, anyone, who, whoever you are, whatever body that you're in, um, like the more we can become more mindful of this, the, the more we can stop the cycle and stop perpetuating this, this belief and just let people be and, and let people do their own shit about their body and have their own like agency around what they do with their bodies and not make it this big thing that everyone is just obsessed with and feels entitled to to speak on (laughs) yeah and I think it's important too like I that you know just to acknowledge that like I don't know I mean I can't really speak for the thin population because I don't know what that's like but um I understand that people of all sizes in all kinds of bodies have their own mental happiness because of the society we live in like the society that they benefit from as thin yeah individuals also has probably really messed with their head and so you know it's important to just like for everyone to remember that. Um, yeah. And that's why like, even the things that 
we say as you know fat people can like trigger thin people because it's like it's still the mental game am i making sense i don't know if i'm really like coherently saying that yeah. sentence but yeah i was gonna, I was gonna ask for your wisdom on that <laughs> <laughs> my, my take is that and and i want to this is good because i want to uh be sure to emphasize this weight stigma as a concept which is the belief that if you are a higher weight if you're a bigger size you are unhealthy you're unworthy you're lazy um you know all the stereotypes weight stigma is harmful to everyone and to your point no matter what you look like you can still be affected and have issues that stem from weight stigma and stem from that um all of that is valid every you know everyone's story is different and that being said <laughs> people who are in larger bodies have a different experience than thin people so it's a, it's a, it's like how can we hold both right like of all of us are poisoned by this mentality we are all miserable because of it but at the same time there's some of us um who just have a different experience and and my experience is different from someone who's a 3x 4x 5x 6x like you know and, and I have to acknowledge that as well it's like I have privilege as a fat person as a white person um because I'm a smaller fat and that I'm able to go through my life without as much abuse and harassment as people who are bigger than me and it's all wrong it's all wrong it's all bullshit that we all feel like shit um but it's just acknowledging acknowledging where you are on that but also very deeply validating anyone who's ever struggled with any issue related to body image or eating or anything yeah can I ask you an opinion on something that is kind of off the cuff, but this conversation has me thinking about it only because I, for the first time, voiced something like an insecurity I have to someone who is quite small. Yeah. And the topic came back up again the other day when we were together and she was like, you know, I never, you really have me thinking about this. Like this whole week I've been thinking about it because I never, it never crossed my mind until you brought it up. Um fast fashion mm. there's so much shame around fast fashion and there's so much you know people going you know demonizing fast fashion which yes it's bad yeah. uh, we should be thrifting more we shouldn't be um you know shopping at places like Shein or Fashion Nova or you know whatever but I said you know because she had we were talking about Poshmark or something and she my my friend was like you know um, you sh and I was talking about wanting to shop, but I also know that I, anytime I want to go shopping or want new clothes, I never let myself do it because I'm always going to lose weight. So I should wait. That's yeah. the story I tell myself. <laughs> Just wait, you'll lose weight and then you should get, you can get all these things. So, <laughs> but she was like, you should really look into like Poshmark or thrifting. And I said, you know, and it was something I've been so embarrassed, like embarrassed about, embarrassed about. I was like, I can't shop at those things because they don't usually have my size. And if they do, it's not stuff I want to wear. So I really have no choice, but to either spend a lot of money at stores like Lane Bryant and other read bigger retailers, but I'm spending $80 on a pair of jeans when everyone else can spend 30. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. And even now American Idol or American Idol. Oh my God. American Eagle finally brought plus size back. I remember yeah. when they took it away and my like 13 year old soul was crushed because I could no longer shop in a store because all the stores took away anything above a size 12. And, um, I, but I was like, you know, a lot of places, like it's either three times the amount of money for a plus size or we're left to shop fast fashion. And so yeah, she was like, I never really thought about that until you said it. And I'm like, of course you don't because you're this little teeny thing and that's fine. But I don't think a lot of people think about that. Yeah, it's, it's something I definitely agree with. And I've seen a lot of like plus size influencers, like fashion um, bloggers, who are fat and plus size, like they talk about this stuff all the time. They, as public figures, get a lot of shit online. Like if they do a partnership with Shein or with whatever fast fashion, and it's usually coming from thin white women and shaming them for supporting fast fashion. And it's like our options as, you know, plus size people is getting better. It's increasing. When you were saying about your 13 year old self I just think of like being in middle school and being terrified of someone asking me to go to the mall and like all mm-hmm. of that like trauma of being like nothing here is gonna fit me and shopping was so stressful and made me feel like shit but I did it and pretended like it was all fine and like picked up clothes knowing that like right be like work or you'd be like, oh, I don't see anything in here that I like. That's a yeah. big one. I don't see anything. There's nothing in here that I'll wear, even though there's like 12 things in there that I'll wear, but I just, they, I know they're not going to fit me. And being like ashamed to say, actually, can we like go into Torrid? Because like the shame of actually going to a store that had clothes for my body, like that was the mindset that I lived in for years. And during, you know, middle school, when your whole life is like your image and, and people liking you, like it was awful um but like now we have different options but still it's not affordable it should be and brands like they still don't cater to you know plus size women and it's been I read a stat that's like it's 60 or so percent of women in America are a size 14 and above and yet they stock like all of those sizes go so fast when they release new clothing and it's, it's, it's that symbol of, or it's the message that they're sending of like, you aren't important. We don't want you like wearing our clothes. We don't want you in our stores. We don't like, that is the underlying message of all of it. Like think of the freaking Abercrombie asshole CEO who literally came out and said he like hated fat women and would never like, <laughs> I was gonna say build clothes, like design clothes for them because he just thought they were so ugly and awful and whatever like this is this is the dichotomy of like the market is majority plus size but like the white men on top of these brands Mm -hmm. their patriarchal bullshit views are like what's dictating yeah what they're putting out and 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 then brands like um sorry I'm going on a tangent but um I don't know if you heard recently Lululemon made this huge campaign saying we finally extended our sizes they're going up to a size 20 that's it and they already went up to a size 14 or 16 so like they're literally patting themselves on the back saying we are so inclusive we 
And 20 is subjective. I, I feel like I'm the, I feel like, I mean, all, all clothing sizes are subjective, usually across brands, but I feel like the plus size, like extensions, it's like real subjective. Oh yeah. Who's measuring this? <laughs> and, and yeah. And it's, it's just like, it's funny now to like being inclusive, especially after, you know, May 2020, like this, this inclusive message is now the like trendy thing but brands are still so behind where they should be on everything. Like that's just the reality. And I've ordered clothes from Shein before simply because it's like one of the only places where I can find trendy, like stylish things um, that come in my stylish. And like, they're like, yeah, like they're actually like things I like, like the quality might be shit. And like, do I feel shitty for like supporting them and being aware that they're, business model is probably really shady and maybe it doesn't align with my ethics. Like, yes, I'm very aware of that, but it's hard. It's fucking hard trying to like yeah. <laughs> fit in with everyone and feel good about yourself and like be an ethical human. And I think that when people come for, or, or not come and again, like that's the extreme, like there yeah, are judgment. There's just judgment around it. Like, Oh, why are you yeah. shopping there? And it's like, ah, cause I can't. I'd like to shop somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But I've been on like thread up. Like I've donated a bunch of clothes to thread up in the last year, but every time I go on, I can't find anything cute. I hate every like I like look for like Nike because I love Nike plus size clothes and like the act of wear. Like there's not there's never anything that is my style or that is like it's all just like <laughs> horrible, frumpy lands end like t-shirts and shit. And I'm like, not nah, like I this I'm not really? gonna I like. <laughs> it's like it it's like a, on the same in the same vein as the st current style but it's like longer or yeah. it's flowy or it's a high low which don't get me wrong I love a good high low shirt but like yeah it's always like style and trends adjacent because you're it's a for a bigger body and so right. a bigger body like couldn't possibly you know, wear those things or it's all online. That's another yeah. thing that makes me crazy. Even target, yeah. like the target online plus size section is super cute, but none of that is in the store. Right. <laughs> that is such a good point too. Like, I don't know if you remember, I think about maybe a year or so ago when Rihanna's uh, lingerie brand, like Savage X Fenty, you know, they came out as a very inclusive brand. They go up to a three X. Yeah good not great but it's good um it's much better than like you know great or whatever but um they they kind of got some scrutiny because they they made lingerie for in the straight sizes which is for anyone listening who doesn't know anything not plus is called like straight sizes that lingerie was like so revealing and <laughs> very sexy and you know you know when you think of Rihanna like you it was that and then the plus size options were modified and they, and they covered more of the body and all these plus size influencers were like, what the hell? Like, I want to wear the super revealing thing. I don't care. Like, right. And, and, um, I think one of my favorite lines, like from like listening to that whole story unfold was like all these bloggers just saying, no, plus size women just want the same shit as their, as straight size people. Like we don't want more stuff covering us. We don't want a different, we don't want the tummy tucking panel. We just want to wear the same stuff as our in friends. Like, 
and brands still like still and and it's people at those brands who think and project <laughs> all this shit onto us and saying oh my god they must you know we got to give them like a cardigan or like a robe or yeah. um, adjust these things and it's just like what I was talking about earlier of like these rules that we create for ourselves and the bounds of how expressed we are like in fashion I think we see it so so like clearly of we like I used to always think I had to wear a cardigan like I hated my arms like we just we'll do. it's just so um ingrained and then like it's it's bad like <laughs> yeah. it, following other people have helped me break down and like really helped me question myself like why do I why do I think that and like doing that boudoir shoot was like way out of my comfort zone but helped me so much just be like there's nothing wrong with this there was never anything wrong with this <laughs> and yeah. it was just me you know yeah. And I, you know, I still fall into that like cardigan or scarf. Like I'm always wearing a scarf, scarf trap. And, you know, it makes me wonder how much of like that this whole culture creates the dysphoria. Like, what is it? A, like, what yeah. came first, the chicken or the egg? Cause like, okay, so you find that like we, you shop at places like Shein and you get the things that are just the trendy clothes in a bigger size. And then you put it on and you're like, yeah. I, it's like a shock. So even if it looks fine, you you're so used to like the mentality that creates the dysphoria of, wow, I look disgusting. Yeah. I mean, but in all reality, you probably don't, or you see it on someone else and that creates the, how come it looks good on her, but not me. Yeah. Weird disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what comes up for me when you say that is how I, used to view clothing as like the covering and I had and I dressed to cover you know your areas and the flattering narrative so just like I was telling you like what is good eating what is bad eating right like what is flattering what the fuck is flattering it means it means we are choosing clothes that allow us to look as if we meet a beauty standard or get as close to it as possible right it's like the thin waist the small the butt arms the skinny arm and pictures like we do all this shit because we think it's flattering aka usually that's just code for thin that like truly when you when someone says oh this is like flattering on you they probably mean you look thin or maybe you can say that to yourself and um it's, it's so deep in us. I still like, you know, wearing like the high-waisted jeans trend right now. Like I, I, I bought a few pairs this summer and I, it has taken me so long to like really feel confident and be like, yep, I have, I have a belly. I'm going to wear this. I'm going to look good. It doesn't like, it's, it's so, cause it's goes against all my rules. Like my rules are like, you wear the long sweater and the tunic and the leggings and you like you have this like silhouette that you can create and everything's very covered and oversized and it's it's something I'm still totally working on but it's you know it's it's just like I said at the beginning like it's just this unlearning journey that you're constantly constantly on and even when you have those moments of like, I'm so good. I've gotten to this point. I like, <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times in the last year, like I'll have an amazing week and not even think about my body, which is like unheard of for me. Um, and that is what like success is to me when I just don't think about it because 
one, like there's so many other important freaking things going on in the world. Like we shouldn't be so consumed with just our physical appearance, but um, like just not being trapped in that anxiety. But then it takes, all it takes is just one comment from someone or just like hearing one weird diet joke on TV and it brings it all up again. And you gotta, you know, it's, it's how it's, it, I'm learning like, I'm learning how to help myself through those moments and like not let that completely ruin all the quote progress or whatever. And I think that's just part of life. And it's probably something I'm going to be dealing with forever. (laughs) Yeah. How do you feel about comments that you get where, um, Sorry, I hope I'm not taking up too much. No, you're good. Like I could talk about this forever too. I know me too. It's so. <laughs> How do you feel about the comments? Like, you're so confident, mm. or, um, you know, like especially from other people, they're like, "Oh, my daughter could learn a lot from you." Like, yeah. Or you know, I wish I had your confidence from a smaller person. Like, I understand it's a meant well comment, but to me, it always comes across as very backhanded. Yeah. And I just was curious, like, how you feel about that? Because it's like, I know, I know you, I know what you're trying to say, but yeah, it just makes me think about how you think I'm confident for a fat person. <laughs> right. And it, it's exposing their thinking of like, fat people aren't confident. Fat people don't wear those clothes or they, you know, they, and it, it's, it's, you're right. Like I, I remember, um, when I was in high school, I, I was like, I really went like up and down in my weight. And that was when I totally like disconnected from my body and was so just to be like (laughs) some sense of norm, like normalcy. I just like couldn't deal. And, um, to, I like got involved in like all these clubs and did all these things and activities to keep me busy and not thinking about everything. And um, I remember one time my mom was like, oh, I saw like so-and-so at school. And like, like she like repeated that comment of like, wow, you're so confident. Like first, and I, I don't even remember the exact like phrase, but the subtext and what people, what is the meaning coming out of those statements is like, you're so confident for someone who like shouldn't be mm-hmm. <laughs> and they expect you know it's like it's that it's that um like juxtaposition for them that they notice it because it's like unexpected for them they don't think that people in bigger bodies like are confident or like should be confident it's just like we're not used to it we don't see those examples and um it's it's yeah it's hard to hear those like because it's and and the I think the question too is like would you ever say that to a thin person no of course not like it's no you you would never that that thought doesn't come up it's just like wow look at her she's living her life wow she's like we would you would never make that like intentional thing and um it just it's it just goes back to like how comfortable people feel like <laughs> just assert like just like, perpetuating yeah. all of the like your place because you're fat like you you know you're not the one who's like usually supposed to do this and like when you are it's like a big deal it's like no you're just right being a human <laughs> like right 
Right. And, it, and it's hard because it's like you, you can't get bad because it's like, I know you don't know really what you're doing or you don't see it. You don't notice it. But it, you know, therefore it becomes the work of the person who's being judged to be OK with it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so hard. Like I find myself like slowly starting to like broach these things. Like, I mean, I have like great friends and family and However, like there's still times where like my parents will talk about like Weight Watchers or a diet. And I'm like, I've had to learn how to set better boundaries because I just can't, and I just like have, <laughs> hearing about it is really difficult. And um, like with friends, like, you know, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable to have those conversations, but it's always like such a, they, you know, no one has ever been like dismissive of when I've brought something up. Like, I think that even if it's uncomfortable, it just brings more awareness to it. And you're right. Like they don't mean it in a bad way. And that's why we need to say something. That's why people need to like broaden their, (laughs) their horizons and like see these different perspectives because you might, you may not be aware of the impact that you're having. Um, And especially people in fat bodies feel for so long. Like, I know I did. Like, I felt like I just had to take it. And, and again, I wasn't a person, I'm a very like sensitive person. Like I couldn't, that shit never just like rolled off. Like it, it stayed with me for years and years and years. And as much as I tried to put on the happy face and ex- exude the external confidence, like I, after college, I like was super career focused and you know to anyone looking in on my life would be like damn she's super successful like good for her I was a mess I was like so not confident in myself and like just you know and it all stemmed back from all of those beliefs of just like you're not good enough you're never going to be good enough and your body makes you bad and lazy and unhealthy and and something's wrong with you like <laughs> this, this is what I thought about myself and um, I'm proud of myself for now being in a place to be able to share without like crying. There was a time in my life where I couldn't even talk about my body without breaking down in, in tears. Like, I don't think people realize mm-hmm. how hurtful it is. And, um, again, I think there's some people who the stuff might just roll off their back and they don't really like take it in, but I know that was not my experience. And I'm, and I know there's many other fat people, especially like children who grew up with a lot of like attention around their body like yeah it shit stays with you yeah yeah I still don't really like it really depends on who I'm talking to but like there are some people that or like sometimes things will be said and I immediately like I can't talk about it without crying yeah and it's like I don't really know why I'm crying like there's nothing that you did to upset me it's just a deep-seated like thing that bubbles up when you make me talk about it or I feel uncomfortable or I'm in my own head that day or whatever it is for sure (sighs) wow I'm gonna go shopping now after this conversation yes Yes, live your life, girl. Maybe I'll get my maybe not high waisted jeans because I don't know how I feel about that one just yet. But maybe I'll get a pair just to parade around at my house and send you pictures. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, 
I went all out and got like the bodysuit on ASOS and like I I still wore like an oversized cardigan over it but it's cute so whatever (laughs) yeah I'm gonna go I don't know if I'm gonna maybe I've never ordered from Shein so I'm nervous but we can talk about that another time (laughs) so before I let you go thank you so much for this conversation um i really think it's important and I'm sure that there's plenty of people who need to hear it. Um, so before I let you go, how can someone find you? How can they work with you? Do you have anything going on right now that we need to know about that I can link in the show notes and point people in your direction? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I right now, the first place I would recommend is checking out my podcast. It's okay to love yourself. Um, you can go to it's okay to love yourself.com. It's on Apple podcast, Spotify, all the, all the places. Um, and then as a coach, I am currently accepting new clients. So if you want to book a discovery call, I focus on like leadership. Um, but it's really about like <laughs> this inner world development stuff. And I'm here to be an empowering person to help challenge how you're thinking, to help you feel more confident, to make more effective decisions, or help you really develop self-trust. So it's a pretty wide range of things we could talk about and work on. So if you just enjoyed what I had to say or just feel connected to me, I'd love to chat with you. And um, that side of my life is under lookwithinleadership.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. And, you know, I think um, what you said is really important. And I, I want to just comment on it really quickly because, you know, you said if you res- like if you resonate with anything I said tonight, and I think there is importance in representation of other people that look like us in a space that is unrelated to weight. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like finding like another coach who just like, on a fundamental human existence level understands what it's like to kind of to be in your body. Oh yeah. One thing when you're going to a coach for, you know, healing or, or empowerment or strategy, and they are this little teeny thing and you're, it's like, okay, but you just like, I can't, I cannot just post this picture and get 300 likes and five clients. Like that's not, yeah, I know, I know, you know, it's so hard. It's that paradox of of manifestation that again, like, I don't blame anyone who's in a, in a privileged or more privileged body. Right. Cause I understand and I acknowledge that as a white woman, I have privilege, but as a fat white woman, I have less privilege than a thin white woman. Yeah. And there's a lot of thin white women out there being like, it's just, it's, you know, you, stop putting limits on yourself. And it's like, okay, but there is this paradox. Like, yes, in theory, I have no limits, but I live in a world that limits me. So we need both things. So yeah. I, think it's, I just wanted to touch on what you said, because I think it's really important that there are, there is full representation across the board in all bodies of, you know, from all backgrounds, from all cultures. Um, yeah. The only way, like you sometimes can only learn and grow with people that get you. Yep. And, and I think for me, like, again, my, my background in tech and that software company is like, 
I brought all those issues that I had about my self-worth <laughs> like into my work. And I think with my leadership work, that's really what um, I'm excited to just like talk more about is like this future of leadership where we aren't just obsessed with like someone validating us and climbing the corporate ladder and like being validated by our role. Like I know I struggled with my self-worth came from my job. Like I was my job. I let my job become my identity because I was so ashamed of who I was. And I think it's so important that we, we value ourselves enough to like, again, look within ourselves, understand ourselves, honor ourselves. So we can honor everyone else. And no matter who you are, like if you're listening to this, maybe you're not fat, but you may have experienced those similar patterns, like constricting yourself and playing small like it's the same uh patterns but but to your point too like there's nothing like being seen by someone who just and witnessed by someone who knows and who's been there and um again like I just I love the leadership space because I think there's so many different kinds of leaders and it's and I just want to move away from this like bullshit corporate like we talk like we're so diverse and inclusive and like you can bring your whole self to work, but in reality and in practice, it's not always like that. And how do we become like, how do we, how do we turn more like inward and like bring more self-love into leadership, honestly, and let ourselves be who we are and, and we're kinder to people. We like, it's this, the future is going to be great once we get over a lot of the bullshit that we have all bought into as like normal and successful and correct yeah so it's all for me it's all tied together and but again like your origin story those those things that happened to you those beliefs that you picked up from wherever or told yourself like that comes with you in every part of your life and um it I think there's so much power to what you said like my therapist is, is a fat woman and like I would never go to anyone else because I feel like she just gets it. There, there's something to your point. Like you can't discredit that. Like you just get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a safety thing too. It's like, you know, you feel safe yeah. or, or, um, yeah. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank of you. Course. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Of course. And I will, I'll post like all the things in the show notes too, but I just wanted to make sure people could find you. And I, um, I hope we can continue this conversation again another time. I would love to. As you can tell, I can talk about it forever. So, Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so, 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 so much for staying with us to the very end here on the podcast. This is the spiritual work. My name is Catherine. You can find additional information linked in the description box of this episode, links to work one-on-one with me, links to find me, links to find my guests, links to find anything I talked about. Of course, if you enjoyed this time together, please make sure you're following. Please make sure you have any notifications turned on so you can get the newest updates. Until next time, I love you so much.